0: Of Ask the Doulas. I am Alyssa Benaclost and I'm excited today to be talking to David Fisher, who is a consultant with Life Fuel. We talked to Genevieve a few weeks ago now about Life Fuel, and David is their dietitian, correct? That's right. Okay, tell me who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm a registered dietitian and I'm consulting on the menus for Life Fuel, and I'm also a few months away from finishing uh, becoming a physician assistant. Okay. And then kind of more importantly, I'm also a father of a couple little boys, uh, so that keeps me busy. One in three.
0: One in three. Holy cow. You are busy. I'm
1: busy and exhausted. So do you actually use life
0: fuel then? Do you um, order their meals that you create, help create?
1: Yes. It's a savior to myself and my wife trying to feed ourselves and our kids healthfully without any time. It's very helpful to have them.
0: It's definitely saved my life the past several weeks, too. And this, I meant to tell you, Genevieve, that it's been my favorite so far, I think. Like, everything's been so good. Um, so how did you connect with LifeFuel?
1: So actually, Genevieve and I knew each other a little bit before she started it. And um, kind of started because she ran some nutrition questions by me, trying to make sure her menu was nutritionally adequate. And that uh, turned into a couple of more conversations, and before long it was like, well, why don't I just review all the menus and be a little bit more involved? So that's what we thats what we started.
0: So what does that process look like? Does Genevieve come to you with an idea, and then you tell her you need to add this, you need to take that out, or does that even look like?
1: Sort of. She's the chef behind it all, so she creates all the meals. And um, we, we had a lot of discussions in the beginning about kind of nutrition theory and what I think adequate nutrition looks like and then um, I review the menus that she comes up with so she'll have a whole week's menu and I look them over for nutritional adequacy macronutrients micronutrients and kind of feedback this should be I think this should be tweaked this might be something that you're missing Uh, this is something that's I think you're doing excellent that kind of thing
0: Tell me and anyone else listening that doesn't know what a micro and a macronutrient oh, yes. is.
1: Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Try to watch the jargon. Um, it's
0: okay. I'll, if I don't understand, I will ask. Um,
1: so macronutrients are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Okay. So, yeah. And then micronutrients are vitamins and minerals and other kind of things that are in very small quantities like antioxidants, phytochemicals, things like that. Okay. So you just know which foods have what. You know, I, I use... I use software to help me know. Okay. But at this point I do, I don't know. I can look at a list of foods and know or a menu and know you're probably missing this nutrient or this but I still use things to help me make sure I don't miss anything.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say let if we had a pregnant mom eating a meal versus someone who's not pregnant or maybe a postpartum mom, are there different things they need to be looking for?
1: Yeah, good question. Fundamentally, no. I'll just say this, I start, no matter who I'm consulting on nutrition, could be a a pregnant mom or an 80 year old with diabetes, the 90% of my advice is the same. It's only that last 10% that I might customize it to a particular person. And that advice is always about eating food that's unprocessed, eating food that is close to the way it comes from the earth. Only once you get that down, Can you come and talk to me about, do I need this supplement or this specific nutrient? Because none of that targeted effort is going to help if you're not, if the base of your diet is not unprocessed, fresh food. If it is, if that's taken care of, and I have someone who's pregnant or lactating and they want to come talk to me, maybe we'll start to talk about a few extra things. But if you're eating a varied diet of fresh, unprocessed foods, your bases are covered. Now the one that people talk about is like oh folic acid, folate, things mm-hmm. like that. And that's, that's true. The need for that though, is honestly before you even know you're pregnant most yeah. times, so we have to get that base covered before you've even gotten pregnant okay. and don't come at 30 weeks talking about your folate, you know, that's fine, but that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. And that's where getting that base down before we even get to being pregnant is the most important part
0: Be, before conception even. Yeah, while yep, you're trying. exactly. Explain maybe what processed means at the very basic level. Like, what is a processed food and why is it bad?
1: I'm really glad that you asked this question because I used to think that you could just explain to someone, don't eat processed food, and, and they would sort of understand it. But I figured out over time that people don't know exactly what that is. They means.
0: assume it's a, I'm trying to think of the worst thing, like a hot dog. Yeah. yeah. Which it is, but there's so many other things that are not as yeah. bad as a hot dog that are still bad.
1: Oh, right. And, or people apply a very subjective meaning to it. So one, to one person, a processed food is one thing, and another person says, well, I'm eating yogurt. Well, that yogurt has as much sugar as a Snickers bar in it. You mm-hmm. know, that's still a processed food. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I've described it best it is kind of what I mentioned, which is food that is close to the way it came from the earth. If you get someone to conceptualize that question, whether you're evaluating a particular food or a, a plate of food or a week's worth of menus you can ask yourself the question how close is this food to the way it came out of the earth and that allows you to think about the steps it took to go from you know a salmon swimming in lake michigan to the the salmon that i'm eating on my plate and that answer is it didn't take a whole lot versus you know the twinkie is always my example of the opposite end of the spectrum. Is there even
0: anything that came Where, from the earth? I mean, that, <laughs> I don't it's even all know. chemicals in a bowl, right? <laughs>
1: right. You know, the amount of steps that it took is kind of mind boggling, right? And most things fall somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. Right. But it allows you to, to conceptualize how far something came from the way it came from the earth. And you, your goal always needs to be shooting towards closer to the earth, something you could grow in your own garden or, you know
0: And looking at ingredients is kind of a first step of understanding how processed it is correct or not
1: so yes and no okay um what i like to so i have to teach people sometimes how to read nutrition labels as a dietitian, and what i tell them is okay congratulations you now know how to read a label now i want you to go buy nothing that has a label on it Hmm. because if something has a a label it, it by definition has multiple ingredients in it it's in a box or a package right but if you're at the grocery store um the the produce aisle, nothing is in a box or a package, nothing has an ingredients list, because it's ridiculous to put an ingredients list on an apple. Everybody knows what an apple is. Well, they all know what it is because it's directly the way it came from the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go to the store, the, the pretty healthy unprocessed foods are the ones that have no nutrition label on them at all. The ones with the nutrition label, some are healthy, some are not, but you're already starting to get into that processed side of foods. Now, of course, I buy things that have a label on them, and that's when I start to evaluate, okay, what are the ingredients on this label? Is this a slightly processed food or is this a very processed food I should really be careful of? And so then it does become important at that point to be able to interpret a label and look at the ingredients list and try to avoid things that have things you don't recognize in the, mm-hmm. in the ingredients and that kind of thing. But I like to point out the first thing is to eat food that don't have a label.
0: Yeah, I started a garden a few years ago and... It makes me, forces me to eat because I'm not a waste. I don't like wasting things. So if I have a mound of cucumbers and carrots and tomatoes, I end up eating <laughs> lots of veggies. So it's one good way to force myself to do it.
1: CSAs are like that too, because you get a lot of whatever's in season. Yeah. Like, okay, my CSA gave me... Beets again. What am I going to do with them this time? Right. You get really creative. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I also have a juicer, which for, you know, when I have a mound of cucumbers and they're starting to get soft, I don't want to throw them away. So
1: yeah,
0: we juice them. Um, what do you have? What's your opinion on juicing? This is like totally off the t- off topic.
1: That's okay. Um, so I had a teacher who used to say the devil is in the details. And to me, juicing, that, that applies to juicing because it really... You could have juicing that I think is somewhat helpful and a lot of juicing that I think is not helpful so my questions are going to be obviously what what goes into it is it what, all fruit right exactly <laughs> okay. and what kind of juicing are you doing and is it something that you just bought from the store versus your own cucumber from your own garden I mean mm-hmm. that's a vast difference from a just kids fruit juice at a store you know but also how much um how much of the fiber and like the actual pulp is in the juice because that affects how it's digested and absorbed so it's hard for me to give a straight out answer but if you're more Mm -hmm. vegetable than fruit and if there's if it's very fresh then you get you don't lose a lot of the nutrients which you lose nutrients over time with storage and that so
0: it sits it sits yep. on the shelf for who knows yep. how long. Yep, yep,
1: and think a lot of the good, some nutrients aren't very shelf-stable, so they'll, you'll lose them over time, and then what remains is the sugar component and less of the fresh stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, well, back on topic to life fuel. <laughs> how do you, what, we talked briefly about the macro and micro, and you're looking at carbs and things like that. What What's your baseline for, okay, the meals each need to have this, like... How much protein and you yeah. know how much how many carbs should we have? We don't even have a ton of carbs in your meals, right. really, do you?
2: So I would say um, we don't necessarily have a strict baseline for macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. Um, we try to offer variety because we know that our customers eat a variety of different foods and have different requirements. Um, so we try to just offer a different variety so that each customer can kind of customize it to their own requirements. Um, David does offer a lot of advice as far as, you know, carbohydrates aren't necessarily bad, I think is a thing we talk about a lot. Um, even though a lot of our customers want a low-carb diet, they are necessary to fuel our bodies. Um, so we do try to include a healthy amount. Like the sweet potatoes I ate yesterday? Correct, yes. <laughs> okay. And we use healthy grains like quinoa and brown mm-hmm. rice and things like mm-hmm. that. So,
1: I think the carbohydrate part is one that we've discussed more than anything else yes. on the <laughs>
2: menus. Yes. It's a very hot topic these it days. Is. <laughs>
1: and she's right that a lot of people want lower carb meals, which is fine. But um, I think that there are a lot of healthy sources of carbs that people might be missing out on. And some people need more carbs than they're allowing themselves. And I just, that's something I've seen in working with people. So.
0: What does the healthy carb look like?
1: It has a lot of fiber. Okay. Period. I mean,. That's one simple way to look at it, okay. it needs to have fiber. And so the, the classic example of that is brown rice and white rice. White okay. rice has zero fiber. Brown rice or wild rice has a lot more fiber. The fiber slows down how fast you digest and absorb it. So it slows down how quickly the starch, which turns into sugar, hits your bloodstream. So that's what makes it healthier. And that's the kind of carbohydrates that we've eaten for thousands of years. It's only in the last hundred or so that we've had the modern techniques of removing all the fiber out of foods.
0: Which is that the, how you get white rice? They just remove the fiber from brown rice? Yes. Really? I
1: mean they remove the, the whatever it is the coating on the rice, yeah. 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 The whole. And that, that has not only the right the whole thing. <laughs> <Thank you>. Not <laughs> only the fiber but also some of the other nutrients that you're missing out on. So all you're really left with is starch plus some nutrients that we add back in, in the steps of processing called fortified. but so the, the the other thing to think about with healthy carbohydrate is back to the question that I said before, how close is this food to the way it comes out of the ground? wild rice, you know, we've, we've eaten for a long, long time and you can literally grow it in wet environments where we grow rice and you can eat it just like that. You don't find white rice in the wild. Um, you have to go through these steps of processing. So there's steps to get to the point of being white rice. It's removed I thought we from-
0: grew white rice. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought there were like little shoots of white rice. I didn't know they literally had to pull it yeah. Uh, like the, So if I took wild rice and took the hull off, like you said, it would be white rice inside? Yeah.
2: I think a good comparison might be whole wheat versus like white flour. Um, it's the same process. They remove the hull and they remove the bran, which is all the fiber, where all the fiber is, okay. to get white flour versus a whole wheat flour. And so whole wheat is obviously better because you're getting a lot more nutrients. Who did this? And who started <laughs> it? And why? Like, how did this even come? Why why would Um, they say, I "I don't like the color of
0: brown flour, I want to make
2: it white? From what I understand, the history of it is just that the, for flour at least, the white flour was considered a luxury item, and so very, like, rich, wealthy people, that's what they wanted. And so it just became more and more popular because obviously everyone wants to imitate the rich and powerful, and so, yeah, it just became the natural way that we eat flour.
1: My understanding, too, is there's better shelf stability yes. when you remove some of those nutrient components. Uh, so that's what a lot of, yeah. And so we can store these things better. So maybe at first we might have thought that was great, and now we've learned a few things about how that's not so great.
0: My mind is blown. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I knew
1: it was bad, but
0: it's like you don't really know how. Again, it's the whole, bit there. it's processed. Okay. And that's what the definition of processed is. Yeah
2: and we're coming to like a really cool point in time right now where people do want to be educated about what they're putting in their bodies Mm -hmm. and i feel you know maybe for the last 50 years it wasn't that way people wanted the things that were shelf stable and wouldn't go bad and you know that was the priority and convenience especially Um, Mm -hmm. and now people are realizing this isn't helping us we're not healthy we're going to the doctor for all these reasons that have been preventable for many years Um, so people are really paying attention to their diets again Mm -hmm.
1: They are, but I think a lot of people don't. We haven't learned how to cook and how to be a home chef very well, and so people think oh, I'm supposed to eat these things. And they go to the store and they buy these healthy vegetables, and then they come home and they either don't know how to make it and it goes bad, or they make something mediocre. And that's one thing I like about Light fuel is that it's healthy foods, but it's all delicious. You, you know, people would like the foods whether or not they were trying to, you know, change their diet or eat healthy. Right. So.
0: So we're gonna stop this one here, and I want to talk to you again because you have two little boys at home, and I want to talk about getting them to eat. Okay. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Genevieve, for being here from Life
2: Fuel. Why don't you tell us your website if they're interested in more? Yes. So the website is Life Fuel by Vault, like a bank vault, V-A-U-L-T. Um, I'm going to go home and eat one for lunch
0: today. Uh, You can always find us at goldcoastdoulas.com, and you can listen on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.